With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail. This is the final word, India-England daily. It's the second day of the test at Ahmedabad, the third test, and it's the last day of the third test at Ahmedabad. Adam Collins has the job of telling us about today in 30 seconds or less. Good luck. Indeed, I'll need it. Okay, England came back and bowled at India in a session. They took seven for 46 this afternoon. Joe Root takes five of those, wickets falling everywhere, and the pattern continued in the middle session when England was skittled for 81. Akshar Patel, again, outstanding with five. Ashwin takes four. India was set 49 to win. It was all over in the space of two days. One of the most astonishing days of Test cricket we've ever seen, and it didn't even reach the sixth hour. Jeff Lemon. Have I you gone? did that. You actually you, you did it within thirty seconds. I reckon that was under. Um, I, that might have just been under. We'll see when the timer gets put up on the screen um, after we finish shooting. But you did well. Um, there was that much that happened. You know, three innings across the course of the day, um, and I think nothing summed it up better than the way that the the spirits of England supporters changed over the day. Because after that first session, they were they were all about this Test match. They were saying, "Oh, here we go!" You know, Yorkshire spinners. Oh, they're, they're all over them. Um, and then by the end of the day, they were very sad once again. It, it just, everything changed so fast all the time. And they should have been. They trailed by 33 runs on the first innings after being bowled out for 112 uh, on the first afternoon. I mean, when you fight back like that, and when India are scheduled to bat fourth, they had every mm. right to feel as though they were well and truly back in the game. Surely they couldn't misfire twice like that with the bat. Well, they did. Uh, but, I mean, that 81 all out will come to in a moment. But the the, the madness of the scenario where they lose Crawley mm. first ball, 
Akshar Patel, another straight one, as they were at pains to point out on the post-match presentation. 21 of the 30 wickets taken in the test match were balls that went straight and didn't turn. So Crawley out first ball. Bairstow given out first ball, leg before wicket. He was reprieved on review, but that would have given Akshar a hat-trick. And then he's bowled second ball anyway. So two wickets when the score's on zero. And really, by then, the rot was set in. They never got any momentum in the innings. The collapse was on either side of the of the tee interval, I suppose we're calling it, the 20-minute break. And Patel, or Akshar, I should say, and Ashwin, he picked up his 400th wicket in that innings, which we've brushed over. Um, they just, the squeeze was insufferable as far as England was concerned. They, they couldn't breathe, let alone score. Uh, and that meant the test match was always destined to finish inside two days. Truly staggering stuff. They were three wickets down England before they'd even got into the lead um, on, <laughs> on their second innings. So they were seven for none effectively. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> it was it was seven for 49 from there or 48 because they, they set India 49 to win. So that was the kind of situation they found themselves in. But it... it it could and should have been so different. If we go back to, to the start of that day, uh, I know. Jack Leach. Jack Leach entrusted as being the sole specialist spinner for this test match. Um, the way he bowled, he he did exactly as Akshay Patel had done. He, he followed the lead of the local uh, yep. who'd been having success. He was left arm around the wicket to the right-handers, darting them in, getting his speed up towards 90 k's an hour and getting them with the straight ball. He knocked over Rahane like that, leg before wicket, and then he knocked over Rohit Sharma the same way, missing a sweep shot. And yeah, that got them into the game. And then it was Joe Root against the left-handers, bowling off breaks, turning them away, uh, getting it to rag quite a bit. He got Richard Park caught behind. And then it, it wasn't it, it wasn't destructive bowling. Yeah, I heard people saying things like, well, if Joe Root's taken five, it must mean that, that the pitch w- was terrible. But it, that wasn't really the case because, you know, he got, what, a couple caught in the deep. He, he had Akshar Patel slapping the cover, Ravichandran Ashwin sweeping out to the deep, uh, Boomerah slogging, you know, he, he cleaned up the tail. Um, but he, he bowled a really good delivery that knocked over Washington Sundar off stump. Yeah, I was going to say it was a little bit better than that for mine as far as the way that he picked up Rishabh Pant with his first delivery. It was a, a trend through the Test match, wasn't it? Bowlers taking a wicket with their first ball of the innings. And then uh, that ball to Washington Sundar is the stuff you dream of as a finger spinner. We talked about yesterday the idea of having balls um, go straight on after beating the edge, which we saw Akshar do so nicely yesterday. Uh, well, from, from Root's perspective, if you get one to rag first ball, find the outside edge. I mean, you're going OK. And then that ball that he bowled um, to Washington Sundar was an absolute beauty angling in towards leg stump, spinning away, kissing the side of the off stump. Just perfect. So he was in the game. And then the ball that picked up, uh, who was caught at cover after that? Akshar it was shortly Patel. thereafter. It was all happening. Akshar Patel, that's right, for a duck. I mean, he just tried to take the attack back to Root. And suddenly, Root's got three for none. So he was the first bowler in Test match history to take two for none a couple of weeks ago in Sri Lanka, I think it was. Or was it in the first Test match at Chennai? It might have been at Chennai. Uh, it was at Chennai, actually. And then the the uh, for a while there, he was the only bowler in test cricket to have figures of three for zero. Unfortunately, that was ruined by Ashwin to smash him for a big four over square leg. But still, uh, <laughs> five for eight. The first time in test cricket, he's picked up five wickets. I think the first time in professional cricket, full stop. But he probably underbowls himself. His average in test cricket, going back to uh, the Centurion test match, the Port Elizabeth test match uh, in January last year, is 20.8 or something like that. So, um, look, uh, yes, they should have obviously played a second spinner um, with what we know now, given the way the pitch played. But Root performs 
more than admirably when he gave himself that opportunity this morning to get England back in the game, which, I mean, it feels weird to be talking about that now. In, in any ordinary test match or any ordinary day of cricket, that's the defining stanza of the match, or the, at least the day. But, I mean, they the way they... The, I mean, the way that the wickets continue to fall and uh, the start of that second innings, that's where the real focus should lie. It was the, the way they capitulated above the shoulders. And I, I suppose that a lot of scrutiny will fall on the shoulders of Johnny Bairstow, having faced only three balls in the test match for another pair. Of course, he bagged one against Ireland at Lords a couple of years ago in a similar test match to this one. So, um, but yeah, Bairstow from the get-go, he, he looked frazzled. Yeah, well, just to cap off on Joe Root, there are only about half a dozen other players who've made a double hundred and taken a five-wicket haul in the same test series. Um, right. so I think the, <laughs> the last time was 1996 when Wazim Akram and, and Jimmy Adams both did it. So that's, that's been a long time. But okay. yeah, it's exactly as you say when England started batting that they were, you know, it was more scrambled thinking than scrambled seem. You know, Crawley just playing down the wrong line from the first ball. Best though, as you say, out... Effect- well, given out three times in three balls in the test match, one of them overturned. Yeah. Um, you know, f- fairly, fairly spectacular stuff. And, and that was... England were gone from that point, really. But, you know, two in the first over, and suddenly it was all over the shop. Um, and, and that was also summed up by Dom Sibley, I thought, who's made a reputation for himself as such an occupier of the crease and a fighter. And yet he seemed to be trying to hit out, trying to to somehow, you know, to have this idea of taking the attack back to them. I remember mm. uh, Ed Cowan, the Australian opener, doing a similar thing in 2013, getting stumped off Ashwin's bowling, I think, trying to, after having hit a six down the ground, trying to double the dose and it didn't suit his style and it it didn't suit Dom Sibley's style and he played a wild swipe at Akshar Patel edged it caught behind they were you know three down still in deficit and Stokes and Root had a huge job ahead of them just to put something together their partnership of 31 felt like it was really substantial at the time yeah it did there's quite a bit of politics out of today let's start with the rotation policy of England and and the situation that Bairstow was put into when these things go wrong and when the wheels come come off as they did today, um, it's easy to look at that. And look, it made perfect sense in theory and in planning to give Bairstow the chance to go home. In practice, he's gone from being in the series in Sri Lanka and batting quite nicely, then pulled out of that environment, sent home, given a breather, comes back, very little preparation and playing a test match again. So, uh, you know, again... It, I understand why it's happening. I'm not trying to deride the, the selectors for and the administrators for making these decisions, but it has backfired this week, as it did really with Mo and Ali having to leave. How useful would have Mo and Ali been this week? But that's the situation they've got themselves into. Um, the ball, I didn't think, Jeff, we'd be talking about the pink SG after play. It didn't really feel like a, a major talking point to me, but that's actually what Joe Root pointed to rather than the pitch necessarily. Of course, it was, it was ragging and no one's going to dispute that and there'll be a lot of criticism of it and we'll come to that maybe in a moment. But his mm. perception was that extra layer of lacquer he describes it as plastic over the top of the ball meant that it picked up pace with the straight balls I didn't really think of it that way but it kind of makes sense given how many times batsmen from both teams were beaten on the inside edge that the balls seem to pick up more pace than it necessarily would when they're using the red ball so again I suppose that's all about the R&D these pink balls are relatively new we saw them not mis- not misbehave in Australia when they were first used but they radically improved uh, as they were used in, in, in successive test matches at Adelaide Oval so maybe that's a, a one. Well, maybe it's a point they'll look at with the with the pink SG being used in a test match for the first time. 
Yeah, well, maybe that is what Joe Root would say, given he got out to the straight ball in the second innings. So it was Akshar Patel got the first three, then picked up Joe Root a little bit later, picked up Ben Folks the same way. And then Ravichandran Ashwin, who we've barely mentioned yet, um, the bowl yeah. beautifully once again. I thought he was a bit lucky to get the Stokes wicket because that looks like, that with the naked eye, that LBW looked like it was sliding down the leg side. It was given out. Stokes didn't re- um, review it and it would have been umpire's call, but just umpire's call. And it, it was yeah. one of those ones which looking at it first up, I thought, um, going down leg. So perhaps... They were just frazzled, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, by that point, Stokes, they were just... I mean, it was a... Like it- he, he didn't look like he had a method um, when he was out there batting. He was sort of attacking a few, but there was no consistent method of approaching the ball, of tr- or, you mm-hmm. know, trying to attack decisively. It was more just attacking out of habit. Yeah, and it felt like it was immediately after that root review, which, by the way, we've been quite critical of the third umpire, Jeff, at different points through the series and indeed against Sri Lanka as well. But there was a, an official complaint put in last night from uh, Team England about the, the speediness of the decisions yesterday. And to his immense credit, the deliberative process that was gone through with the Joe Root decision, you can go either way on those calls, and that's that's fine. You can come down either side on it, but no one can question mm. the, the process that was gone through to make sure the ultra edge was lined up with the replay on four or five different camera angles. So by the end of it, uh, the third umpire was satisfied that Root wasn't out, but then it felt like the next over, there's another leg before shout, and Stokes is kind of overwhelmed. He did actually put the T-sign up, and I think the central umpire was going to allow him the review, but he just decided to walk off anyway because he thought the clock had moved down to zero from the 15 second mm-hmm. mark so uh, yeah by that stage the wheels were, were off as I say and it looked as though they were going to be bowled out within a session and it got little, you know, well, really it didn't get any better than that Ashwin his 400th wicket what an absolute triumph Jeff you talked about him last week having 29.5 wicket hauls well he's the second quickest bowler to 400 test wickets in just 77 matches the only bowler that got there quicker was Morley so you know when you put it in that context it is a remarkable career and I, I really don't think he's bowled better than this and and if you look at the particularly the two bowlers um, just behind him on that list, Richard Hadley and Dale Stane, in terms of the matches taken, Dale Stane's still the bowler with just about the best uh, strike rate in in the history of Test cricket of bowlers with mm. a large number of wickets. I mean, Richard Hadley picked up five wicket hauls at a tremendous pace. So they were so fast in gathering their wickets, and, and Ashwin's been able to get there faster than that. He didn't quite get his thirtieth five wicket haul today because Washington Sundar got brought on and picked yeah. up the last. Wicket. Well, he had Jimmy Anderson nicking behind twice. The first wasn't given and wasn't reviewed, and and the second one was given on the reverse sweep, no less. But yeah, the, the way that Ashwin bowled to to Ollie Pope as well, clean bowled him for the second Absolutely. time in the match, and again had him playing down the wrong line, playing for a bit of turn, and it was an arm ball that skipped on and took the top of off stump. A gorgeous bit of bowling. Then he wrapped Jofra Archer on the ankle for his uh, his four hundredth wicket, and and then picked up Jack Leach, caught it slip as well with the ball turning away from the left hand. So all of Ashwin's control and, and tricks were on show. And by that point, you know, England were 49 ahead. Well, if they'd been feeling good, you know, if they'd come from 200 behind to get 49 ahead, they might have fancied their chances of bowling India out for 49, <laughs> given the way things were going. But they looked a, a pretty broken team by that point, having you know, let the chance to even 120 ahead would have been hugely testing on this surface. Yeah, that's right. Just to, uh, more on Ashwin, really. I mean, um, the ball that he bowled to Pope, that 
control, that guile, that the Karen balls he was bowling today, everyone landed on a on a on a sixpence, which again reinforces the kind of form he's in at the moment. Asked after play whether he's ever bowled better, he sort of cited that 2015 to 2017 window when he was taking so many Test wickets. Mm. But um, he, he talked about losing seven kilograms in in uh, in lockdown and uh, giving him that base of fitness in Australia. Well, it's really paid off. Not only in Australia, admittedly, he didn't make it through the whole series, but he, he's able to do what he's done here in these long spells over after over and just out thinking them too over the wicket around the wicket not giving them a chance to settle which is always a, an important part for a finger spinner as for Washington mm. Sundar's wicket I felt sorry for Akshar Patel he picks up 11 for 70 he's man of the match three five wicket hauls in a row three five wicket hauls in his first two test matches the best ever uh, in a pink ball test that should be said as well overtaking Pat Cummins 10 for 62 against Sri Lanka at the Gabba a couple of years ago but he really should have had 12 but um, purely because Coley felt as he said after play that Sundar didn't have much of a test match. He wanted to give him that chance to take a wicket and he duly did within four deliveries. But for mine, I was kind of thinking, oh, you've robbed Ashwin of another Fifer or, or Akshar of the chance <laughs> to finish with a Seventher. No, it would have been a Seventher. Well, it would have been a pair of Sixers, sorry. A, yeah, a pair of Sixers, a, a Steve O'Keefe, um, you know, the revolver yes. special. So, but look, Ashwin was bowling at the other end, so he could have got the Fifer had true, Washington true. not been so good that he'd picked up um, the wicket in his first over. Jimmy Anderson wasn't looking to hang around for a particularly long time. Um, an interesting note on England's batting. So they were bowled out twice in the test for 193 runs. Uh, there have been five times in, in their test history that they've made fewer runs than that while being bowled out in a test. Four of them were before 1904. So in the last 117 years, they played about 950 test matches and it's only happened once, one other time that they've been bowled out for less twice in a test match than that 193 and that's when the aforementioned Richard Hadley took them apart in 1984. So it's a historic batting failure and I think there'll be a lot of gnashing about, oh, they picked the wrong team, they played three seamers, they only picked one spinner. Guess what? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what bowling attack you pick if you get bowled out for 80. Um, that That is is the, the way that their problem worked out. And and when you look at the way they batted, look, the, yeah, the pitch was dusty as hell. Uh, it was hung over. It, it, it probably, you know, it might have been okay as a day four pitch. I, I'd be happier to see that as a day four pitch than a day two pitch. But they still batted terribly on it. Um, and they still made a lot of mistakes that led to their wickets more than, you know, there weren't wickets to deliveries that were b- misbehaving terribly that was spitting at the gloves or keeping low and crawling under the bat. There were just wickets to straight balls at the stumps that they didn't defend. Yeah, and there's always going to be a post-mortem about the pitch when a test match is over this quickly inside two days. I think I read somewhere that it's the shortest test match. It's 1935 in terms of deliveries bowled uh, through mm. the course of the match. So, I mean, that will uh, generate plenty of discussion. From, from my perspective, I felt as though it was different to Chennai last week. At Chennai last week, it was about the puffs of dust and how it felt so difficult to read. No, there was nothing to do with the pitch, which left England mm. three down for 19 in the second innings. That was all above the shoulders. So, I mean, yes, the ball topic that I mentioned before, like, fair enough. Um, you know, as far as they're the guys out there, I'm willing to take that and listen to it and, and, and pay attention to what they're saying. And yes, uh, when you look at the metrics, how much the ball spun from the start of the play, from the start of the test match, rather, that's noteworthy too. But it doesn't feel like it's in the same category as last week at Chennai from the way I was watching the test match. As for the historical markers, it's the fifth time in a row that England have been bowled out for under 200. That's the first time they've gone five in a row like that since 
1898. And it's England's lowest all-time score against India, all out for 81. So their previous lowest against India was back in 1971 when they made it to 101. So there's all these various markers which signpost mm. what an absolute debacle this was for England. And the last bit uh, that I'll raise is that it's the... Uh, now, what was it? It is, in terms of aggregate, 386 runs made in the Test match. It's the 10th lowest aggregate in Test match history, with the majority of those coming before 1900. Yeah, and, and probably quite a few of those coming with, say, a small fourth innings chase or, or a, you know, a follow-on. Um, yeah, that's right, yeah. Fallen over from a, a small score, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the, the, looking at that bowling attack and all the, the talk about how it was picked, Broad and Anderson bowled 19 overs between them for the Test match after being, you know, all, all the talk of what they could do with the pink ball, they never got a chance to do it. Joffrey Archer bowled five overs in the Test. Um, it, it, you know, England did pick the wrong team, but they wouldn't have had a chance to, to they could have picked 10 spinners and it wouldn't have mattered if they'd been yeah. bowled out as cheaply as they were. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I reckon that Broad Anderson and, and Archer, despite what the scorecard might look like, they actually all played a role uh, as far as even last night, Anderson applying pressure before Stumps. Coley gets out. The reason why India are in a world of pain this morning is that had it been Coley and Rohit, and we kind of foreshadowed this last night, Jeff, on our podcast, mm-hmm. had had it been those two there at the close, it's a very different ball game this morning, but that just gave them a little bit of a, a, bit of a glimmer of hope, and it's a different mm-hmm. uh, complexion altogether when you're not up against one of the most formidable players in the history of Test cricket, Inverat Coley, and and Anderson contributed to that dismissal. I thought Broad bowled well and obviously created a couple of early chances, a couple of catches that went down off his bowling. Uh, and then Archer was the one that got the first breakthrough. So, and Avish put this in his piece last night on the Independent. England came with a plan that was well thought out, but what does the plan count for when you're all out for 112 and 81? So, look, mm. I, I don't think that as much weight should be given to that as should be. Uh, and look, at the end of the day, their, their bowling team did the work too, didn't they? They bowled India out for 145, I think I said off the top in the summer. Yeah. So, uh, look, at, yeah, the, the real scrutiny, once again, uh, is on England's batting and, and these historical lows they've plumbed you know, over the last couple of days. Can we have a word for Rohit Sharma as well on oh, difficult please, surfaces? Yes. In, in the last test match, what was that, 164 out of um, about 300 runs? We've got about half the runs on a difficult pitch in the first innings. In this test match, 91 across the two innings for once dismissed on a wicket where no one else could, you know, they were barely getting to double figures um, for the most part. And, and yet he seemed to find a way to to make it look relatively easy you know there wasn't a lot of pressure in that second innings but he attacked from the outset he came down the wicket hit sixes um, and just made sure that there would be no wobble there would be no concerns um, for India in in having a couple of early wickets he made sure he knocked 20 odd runs off the total quickly so that um, there'd be no chance of, of any kind of panicky collapse. Yeah, well, we often talk about the percentage of runs made in an innings. Well, Rohit Sharma made a quarter of the runs in the entire Test match. So it gives you a sense of uh, the contribution that he made. And it was much the same uh, last week at Chennai, it must be said as well. So, I mean, obviously, Akshar Patel is the player of the match. But um, mm. had it been given to Rohit Sharma, had they made that call, they weren't going to. But um, that wouldn't have been inappropriate either. Even the way that he chased down that 49 and, and that sort of exclamation mark by hitting a six to win it, dancing down the track at Joe Root and hitting uh, four, four, six to complete the Test match in in four balls there and just 7.4 overs to chase 49. The incongruity of that against 81 all out in 30 overs. I mean, it was such a stark way um, for the test to end and it feels a million miles away from when he was dismissed in that collapse of seven for 46 this morning. Uh, As I say, it's going to take a long time to kind of unpack all of this and the fact that it finished in two days will be a major talking point as will the surface again. But I mean, it was quite the roller coaster ride. I'm glad we're able to cover it. 
<laughs> yeah, as if to say, okay, Joe Root, you can take five for eight in the first innings, but I will hit you for 14 off four balls yes. in the second, just to make sure you don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, the final word, Hall of Fame. This is where yes. we pick, not necessarily the greatest moment, uh, but maybe the funniest, maybe the most interesting moment. Um, one that stood out for me was India changing bowlers for the first time uh, in their second innings after 30 overs had been bowled. Akshar <laughs> Patel and Ravichandran Ashwin uh, bowled the first 30 overs before Virat Kohli decided it was time for a change. You don't see that very often. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The other one I liked is actually statistical, and I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy it, Jeff, for one of the players I'll, I'll mention in a sec. Um, mm. So, a wicket for a spinner or a slow bowler, let's say, in the first ball of an innings, it only happened five yep. times in test history, and it was three before three weeks ago. Ashwin did it uh, with the first ball of the England's second innings at Chennai, so first test there, and of course, Akshar Patel uh, did it this afternoon. But, I mean, when you consider there's been test cricket for 145 years and something's happened three times, then it happened. Mm-hmm. twice in the space of three tests and, um, and, and and the bit you'll like Jeff is that Bobby Peel was one of the three uh, one of your favourites back in 1898 that year again against Australia so um, mm-hmm. Akshar Patel I think on that basis gets my nod for Hall of Fame if you haven't uh, heard of Bobby Peel, go and give him a Google. Another nomination for me, Adam, was um, Ravichandran Ashwin bowling a ball that it turned a long way past Ollie Pope. It might have just brushed his forearm, maybe missed him altogether, and went away to the boundary for it was uh, given. It was given as runs. It was either four buys or leg buys, but it was given as runs. Ashwin wasn't happy. He turned around to the umpire, had a long chat about you know why should that go down against his name, and then the very next ball he knocked over Ollie Pope's off stump. So. <laughs> It was like he was channeling his frustration at having been besmirched with that boundary and, and knocked him over. That was particularly enjoyable. And I've got one other nomination, which which I think this is what I would have to go with. Ishant Sharma today hit his first six for India in any format of cricket when he oh, galloped what? down the wicket early in the day and launched Jack Leach, I think it was, down the ground yep, over yep. long off, clean as you like, over the rope, um, the, the the great galloping giraffe of a batsman that he is. Um, he raised his thousandth first-class run the other day in the first test of this series, I think, but he'd never cleared the rope for India before. He'd only done it six times in his whole professional career in more than 400 professional matches, and he'd never done it for India, and he did it today. Um, Having Having taken his 300th wicket recently, playing his 100th test match, hit his first six for India. That's my Hall of Fame nom. And it wouldn't surprise me if Jack Leach hit his first six for England today as well. When he, I think he deposited uh, Akshar Patel straight back over his head, his opposing number, just when the collapse was on, he's like, to hell with it, I'm going to have a crack. And he was out yep. a couple of balls later, but at least he had that moment of clearing uh, the pickets in Test cricket. <laughs> well, he had a much shorter Test career to get there than, than Akshar Sharma. So, so those are our Hall of Fame nominations. Uh, maybe it goes to the, the, the two sixes from the two unlikely sources. And I think that's just about it from us, Adam. Uh, the India-England daily, we were anticipating this might go for five days in this test match. It has instead gone for two days. Nonetheless, thank you all very much for your company. (laughs) Feel free to share the video around. Um, And we'll be back for the fourth test match, which seems quite a long way away now. Um, Played at the same ground and uh, hopefully not on the same surface or it might all be over on day one. Yeah, I can't wait. And if England do bounce back, and knowing the way that England have played their Test cricket in the last few years, who would doubt them? And they win, then Australia will be through to the World Test Championship final. But if India win, of course, it'll be them against New Zealand at Lords in June. 
It's the final word. You can find our podcasts, the longer ones, in any podcast app. You can support the show at patreon.com slash the final word. And you can watch the next videos when they come out for the fourth test. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, we'll see you then. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Yeah.